When it comes to leadership, there is no need to reinvent the wheel. Character is what eventually makes or breaks leaders. Yet, it's the most ignored and overlooked aspect of leadership development today. We have the perfect leadership role model, and that's Jesus. We simply need to follow his lead, allowing him to work in and through us. Welcome to Lead Like Jesus podcast. Leadership starts on the inside. That is Rich Cummins. I am Freddie Scott, and this is the Lead Like Jesus podcast, where leadership starts on the inside. This is your podcast, Kingdom Leaders, and we're so glad to have you join us again today. In today's episode, we're talking about the warning signs of pride and fear, keys to avoid being a public success and a private failure, and a prayer to help you overcome pride and fear. So let's first talk about pride and fear. Uh, I remember growing up and, and I played for the legendary coach, Joe Paterno, and he used to tell us all the time, do not read the press clippings on yourself. It didn't matter if we won 81 to zero. He would always tell us, don't believe what everybody is saying about you because he realized we could start feeding into our ego and into our pride and think that we're better than we really are. And you start losing the focus of what you really need to do in order to be able to perform. Hey, Rich, hey hold on a second, Freddie. No, 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 no. I remember you were on the cover of Sports Illustrated. So how did that work out? Did you believe that hype? Well, you know, I didn't know I was going to be on the cover, but I will say this during that season, the goal wasn't to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. The goal wasn't to uh, be number one ranked. The goal was to win a national championship. And so those are simple byproducts of success, but it wasn't the measurement of success. And so Joe did a great job of sort of recircling our focus back on don't get caught up into the limelight. Don't get caught up into what the media is saying. Don't get caught up in, yes, you have to sign thousands of these Sports Illustrated covers. The focus is doing your job and doing it well and buying into the vision of what we're trying to accomplish as a group. And because we all bought into that, we were able to, yeah, you enjoyed being on the cover or you enjoyed the, the media attention, but we weren't drawn or motivated by that. And I think that's really the difference. When you're not drawn and your motivation isn't to get that, as opposed to, yeah, that's a byproduct of doing what you do. I think that's the real difference maker in, in how we as leaders need to approach success and the lack thereof. And I know uh, we really touch in the encounters a lot on pride and fear. Uh, Rich, why is that? Well, it seems like every decision we make, if we're not careful, those decisions have roots in either pride or fear. And, you know, it can look different for different people and it can be subtle, really. You know, a rash, rash decision to grow too fast, you know, in an effort to, to become a leader in our space if we don't have roots that are fully developed, we might make decisions that uh, really 
might challenge our integrity, or you might make subtle yet pointed statements about your competitor in order to make yourself look better. I've heard that before. I've had people come in and try to sell me products, but instead of selling their service, they were downing their competitor. You know, another thing might be as a leader or even a follower, if you're quietly retaliating against another employee who might have said something, maybe critiqued you or, or gave you feedback you didn't like and exposed a weakness. Well, some, sometimes people can end up uh, doing damage. You know, uh, I guess we would call them the silent saboteur. You know, things can happen where you have a negative attitude that comes out towards somebody else. Wow. So I think it's going to be helpful for us to really define pride and fear. You know, sometimes when people hear certain words, they hear their own interpretation. So for our conversation today, uh, we'll use this definition for pride. And I'm going to read it. It says an overly high opinion of yourself, haughtiness or arrogance. And I love the passage in Romans 12, 3, where it says where you're thinking more of yourself than you should. Right. Uh, and then for fear, it's an insecure view of the future producing self-protection. I'll say that again, an insecure view of the future producing self-protection. So if you're a leader, what can pride and fear lead to? Uh, Rich, tell, let's, let's sort of elaborate on that. What can pride and fear lead to if you're a leader and you don't really understand this or understand how it's impacting you and your decision-making? Yeah, great question. And so again, talking about either that self-protection or self-promotion, it causes you to behave in ways that are not great with others. It can cause separation from God, from other people, actually from yourself and the purpose that you've been given by God. It can separate you from that. It can lead to what I call the cancer of comparison. So comparison with others or with uh, even with uh, yourself from the past, you know, just comparing yourself in a way that's not producing a godly image of who you are. Uh, it can be discontenting. I mean, it can lead to being discontent and distortion is the final one. So a distortion of the truth, a false sense of security, relying on things like public uh, opinion or reputation, things that uh, just aren't necessarily God's way. And it destroys, it distorts the truth that we have. You know, it's when you said that distortion, uh, I'm reminded, remember back in the day when you used to have the little carnivals and stuff and and they had those funhouse mirror uh, attractions where you go in there and they have all these different mirrors that you look at it and some make you look big and some make you look small, some make you look fat. Freddie, I like skinny. the skinny one, man. I do like that skinny one. I try to keep that in focus when I can. I think all of us like that skinny one. But in reality, that's what pride and fear does. You know, it it distorts the reality of the situation. And when I'm constantly looking through this lens of fear and of pride, then I'm looking at these things through this warped perspective. And it's not truth. It's not founded in truth, uh, but it becomes your reality and can become your truth. Uh, I love Proverbs 16, 18, where it says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And many times 
pride will cause us to start thinking. I, I remember when I was playing my rookie year in the NFL and um, I walk in the receiver room. So you go from this excitement about playing at that level to you go into the room and you get this reality check of, well, there's some really good athletes in this room. And I start comparing myself immediately. Man, this guy is 6'4". That guy's 6'2 and runs a 4'3", 40. Man, this guy can do this. This guy was a Hall of Famer. This guy, like you start going through this checklist, comparison yourself to everyone else around you, trying to figure out if you really measure up. And if you're not careful in that moment, you can begin to think that you're not good enough, that, that they are automatically better than you and you have to come up with some reason why you are worthy of being where you are. And God really had to check my heart and say, listen, if I wanted you to be 6'2", I would have made you to be 6'2". If I, wanted, if I would have wanted you to have those other attributes, I would have given them to you. What I gave you is all you need. And I really had to just settle in that and realize, yes, other people may be taller, faster, better, wise, smarter, whatever those attributes are, but I am truly fearfully and wonderfully made. And if that is the truth of the word of God, I have to accept that as my truth and allow myself to really settle in that. Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, it's not only in the locker room, we all face it in our daily lives. You know, I'm a, I'm a pastor. And so now and then I'll, I'll end up having a chance to preach a message in a church and I have a lot of chances to listen to messages. And so when I'm sitting there listening to another pastor that just has a phenomenal ability to deliver a message through storytelling or scripture, I sit there and pick myself apart. And that's just not godly thinking. That's not what God wants from us. You know, I think one takeaway from this, and we're going to go to our next segment, but one takeaway that I've learned through that is when people um, say something or have an attribute that really resonates with you, for me to take, you know, that and say, hey, how can I add that to my toolbox? Rather than getting into envy, right, or pride or saying, man, they're better and, and picking myself apart, saying, man, I really loved how they used that story. I really loved how they leaned in and used their tone or whatever that is. Just go ahead and use that tool and incorporate it into your toolbox as opposed to beating yourself for not having the tool in the first place. Um, I, I think for me, that's a more healthy approach. Uh, for us to continue to look, how can we grow and develop ourselves personally and as a leader? Now, we're starting to transition here because we're talking about ourselves and, and, and our lives. And, and as a leader, sometimes there's a struggle to focus on success publicly, but then there's that failure that we so oftentimes see privately. So, Rich, why don't we start talking about that a little bit? How do you navigate public success versus private failure? Mm. You know, that's, that's such an important question in life and even in the church today. You know, we've had 
we've had so many leaders that were so very concerned about public image. Maybe they dropped the ball in their personal lives and then things came crashing down. We, we don't even need to go over the headlines because we've seen this same story repeated time and time again, and it's heartbreaking. And so, you know, at Lead Like Jesus, we say, when you look at your spheres of influence, the first person you have influence over is yourself. And then when we look at uh, loving our neighbor, as Jesus says, we need to look at our closest neighbors. And that's our family members. Those are the people really close to us. And yeah. so, you know, you really can't lead anybody else until you lead yourself. So first and foremost, having that heart that's aligned with God and what God wants for you is most important. And so before we even begin to look forward to leading an organization or, you know, leading a team or even leading something bigger than that, we need to look at what our personal lives look like. So we need to lead ourselves properly, lead our families properly. Then we can talk about leading a team or an organization or perhaps a city, state, or country. I remember this quote, I forgot who said it, um, leader of one, leader of many. If I can't lead myself, then I can't lead any. And uh, that's so relevant that if I can't lead myself, personally and, and modeling the character of God, modeling and, and obeying that still small voice of what God is leading me to do on a day in and day out basis. That is ultimately what gives me the confidence to lead in my home, to lead at work, to lead in the community. But when that is not in place, even if you have a title, even if you have a position of authority, when that's not in place, then everything is going to be out of whack. It's almost like you're taking a bath with the clothes are still on. Like it just doesn't work. And so focusing on the little things, focusing on doing what you know God has called you to do, and then trusting that he will give you, not only give you the grace for the leadership roles that you have in your home and at work, et cetera, but also realizing that he is at work with and for you. First Peter 5, 6, I absolutely love that passage where it says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he will exalt you in due time. Our job is just to simply humble ourselves and trust that if we simply do what God is telling us to do, then he will promote, exalt. Pride and fear will make me think my success is on me. Yeah. Humility and faith allows me to trust in the fact that any success is going to be based on my obedience to God. Yeah, that's, that's so well said. And, you know, it takes, it takes uh, the focus off of me and it puts it on him. And in many cases, we, and so a lot of times we forget about others, others that have contributed, others that are a part of it. You know, you hear oftentimes, uh, I guess the, the lingo of, uh, we stand on the shoulders of giants. And so I love this whole topic of, of really not believing your own hype and really having more of a humble heart instead of being prideful. You know, uh, being proud means that you're worried, you begin worrying about your own perception. You get pulled off of your purpose, as a matter of fact. You know, pr pr pride promotes self. It, it, uh, you catch yourself uh, worrying about taking all the credit you know, or you're doing the one all the talk that's doing all the talking that could be a sign, or maybe you're boasting and showboating. I bet you've seen that before on the field and in the locker room, Freddie. <laughs> Definitely. So 
as we start to transition here, for those that are watching and listening and can identify that they've been struggling with pride and with fear, what are some specific things that they can do today that can help them overcome it? Great question again. So ultimately with pride and fear, fear issues, the solution or the remedy is God. And so with pride and fear, a lot of times it has to do with our ego, you know, and, and, and this self import and self-worth. But when we want to solve those issues, we need to fix our eyes on God and we need to exalt God only. So let me say it again, instead of having an ego, we, where you edge God out, we need to now exalt God only as the object of our worship, as the source of our security and self-worth, as the source of our wisdom, also and as the audience and judge of our life decisions. And specifically, Freddie, some things you can do to build humility rather than pride is acknowledge when someone else's idea is better than yours. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. Let others do the talking. Give them the attention. Judge the value of another's idea based on the quality of their thought rather than who said it. Mm. And then gain input from followers or people below your position. You know, be open and be open to give credit to somebody else. That's big. You know, all of that falls under that whole umbrella of humility and knowing that God loves and treasures and rewards the humble. And, and so, Rich, thank you. That, that is not only relevant, but it's very applicable. It's something I think all of us are sort of taking those notes of, oh, yeah, I think I tend to talk a lot or, or want to take ownership. That is something that I think all of us can identify with, but it's also something that all of us can grow in. And as we're growing in it, we're reflecting Jesus, not just in our homes, but right there at work and in our communities where people need to see us flourishing and modeling the character of Christ in us and through us. And so, Rich, would you mind praying for our kingdom leaders that are listening and watching right now as we're trying to move forward in this? I, I think all of us agree there's room to grow and it's okay to have room to grow. Uh, but we also need to have some grace because I don't want people feeling like they're less than because maybe there's been some things uncovered. So would you mind praying for our kingdom leaders? Not a problem, Freddie. Thank you. Heavenly Father, God of glory, we just are so thankful that the grace of the grace that you extend to us. And let us be mindful, Lord God, to not seek out self-ambition or vain conceit, but in all humility, consider ourselves consider others better than ourselves. That's what your word says, Lord God. Instead of looking in the mirror, Lord God, let us look through the window of humility. Let's prop other people up. And Lord God, we also want to say this. We want to say with all confidence, you are our helper and we will not be afraid. What can man do to me? And so instead of seeking out uh, man and the, the being mindful of man and all of these things where we want other people's praise and attention. Let us put it on you, Lord God, and let us also put it on others. Let us draw attention to the other great things that other leaders in our lives are doing. We love you, Lord Jesus. We pray that you'd continue to help us endeavor so that one day, someday, everyone everywhere will lead like Jesus. We love you, Lord God. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. 
Amen. Well, again, thank you, Rich, for that. Again, thank you, Kingdom Leaders, for joining us again today. And until next time, remember, leadership starts on the inside. See you next time.